Hello, everyone. Welcome to Minghui Radio, bringing you podcasts of stories relating to the persecution of Falun Gong in China, insights and experiences gained by practitioners during the course of their cultivation, special items of interest, and music composed and performed by Dafa practitioners. In today's program, we bring you an experience sharing article from the 19th China Fahui entitled Our Journey Home by a Falun Dafa Practitioner in China. The English translation was published on the Minghui website on November the 13th, 2022. Greetings, Master. Greetings, fellow practitioners. When the COVID epidemic worsened in the spring of 2020, local practitioners believed that the dire situation would help people understand why so many people practice Falun Dafa and why the Chinese Communist Party's CCP persecution was wrong after reading our truth clarification materials. When most people understand the true nature of the CCP, they choose to withdraw from the party and its affiliated organizations. They wish to distance themselves from the party and stay safe in the midst of this global plague. The COVID virus was rapidly spreading and we realized that we needed to distribute information to people and give them a chance to be saved. Because we were afraid the CCP would block the roads, we decided to distribute the materials the following night. We divided into two groups and went in two cars to different places. Another practitioner and I were in one group. After we finished distributing materials in one village, we waited for the car by the road. We soon saw two other practitioners who had finished. We felt that it was not safe for all of us to wait together, so the other practitioner and I walked into an alley to wait. After a while, we heard someone shout, Get in the car! We thought it was not our car, so we didn't step out of the alley. Then we heard the car drive away. We stepped out to check on the other practitioners, but they were gone. We waited, but no one came, and there was no car. It was winter and very cold. Since we could not see the car or the other practitioners, we decided to start walking. After walking out of the village a long way, we still did not see them. It began to sleet. My coat was old and not waterproof, so I was soon wet. My coat began to ice up, my shoes were soaked, and my feet were freezing. The sleet turned to snow, and a thick layer began to accumulate on the road. We didn't know what had happened to the other practitioners, and we were very worried. It was late at night, and we both still had a package of truth clarification materials that we had planned to distribute in another village. Since we could not find the car or the other practitioners, we decided to go ahead despite the snow. The snow came down fast and heavy and accumulated on the road. 
The sky and the earth were white, and we couldn't see the road. We continued on step by step, not knowing how many times we fell. The other practitioner and I tried our best not to let the materials in our bags get wet. We said that no matter how deep the snow was, we came to save people. As long as we saw a village, we would distribute the materials. Master said in the ninth talk from Zhuan Falun, quote, "Nothing is truly unbearable or impossible." End quote. We firmly believed that as long as we maintained firm, righteous thoughts, Master would help us. We suddenly saw a village ahead, leaning on each other as we walked. We finished distributing the materials. We then stood under a tree. Because of the heavy wet snow on the branches, a branch broke and fell. Protected by Master, I quickly jumped aside and was not injured. We continued walking and came to a bridge with a horizontal railing. The other practitioner leaned against it to take a rest, but because she was tired and hungry, she almost fainted. We asked Master to help us return home safely. Several branches had fallen due to the wet snow and were laying by the road. We each picked one up to use as a crutch. We supported each other and walked on with difficulty. I don't know how long we walked. The sky in the east turned bright, and a new day gradually dawned. By seven in the morning, we could hardly walk. I thought the other practitioner was about to faint from hunger. We had to find something to eat. We were about thirty miles from home. We decided that if we saw another village, we would ask the villagers for something to eat. We trudged on and saw another bridge with several people on it. When they noticed us, we heard them wondering if we were from Wuhan, where the virus originated. After walking for a while, I finally saw a village. The other practitioner couldn't walk, so I decided to go find some food. I knew I hadn't brought any money with me, but when I touched my pocket. There was a one hundred yuan bill in it. My tears flowed. I knew that Master Saul we were hungry, so he gave us money to buy food. I got to a small grocery store closest to the village and went in. But a man wearing a red armband, security staff, chased me away and refused to let me buy anything. He said if I didn't leave, he would call the police. There were snow sweepers on the road and other security staff for epidemic control, so we left quickly. We left the village, but we were worried. We walked on and saw an old man. Despite her exhaustion and hunger, the other practitioner clarified the truth to him while I sent righteous thoughts. The man said that someone had told him this before, and he had understood it clearly. He said, "It is hard for anyone to be out in such deep snow. It's just you people who practice Falun Dafa. Everyone else is at home, sitting around the stove or in bed, looking at their mobile phones or chatting. 
but you practitioners are still thinking about others. The practitioner told him that we needed food, but had been driven away from the small grocery store. The man said he would buy some for us. He took the money and limped away through the deep snow. Looking at his back, we were moved. Soon afterwards, two little girls ran out of an alley. The other practitioner talked to them and found out that they were the old man's granddaughters. They knew that Grandpa had set out to buy things for us, so they caught up with him, took the money, bought us food, and delivered it to us quickly. After we thanked them, we continued on our journey. A white car stopped next to us. Several people got out and asked where we came from and where we were going. They rummaged through our bags and dug out the instant noodles and water that we just bought. They were from the local police station. We were not afraid because we knew that we were doing the most righteous thing in the universe, and that Master was watching over us. They cross-examined us in detail, thinking that we were from the local area. Then they left. We walked about another mile and a half. And saw another village ahead of us. It was nineteen miles from there to home. We decided to borrow a mobile phone from a villager and call home so that someone could pick us up. We met a woman, borrowed her cell phone, and made a call. My son drove over. He was very worried about us and complained to us as soon as we got in the car, which we understood. Under Master's protection, we arrived home safely. Of our group of local practitioners, home we set out with, four were reported, arrested, and taken to the local police station. They are still illegally detained. The journey that Dafa disciples have walked is difficult, but the future is bright because we have Master. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.